The days are surely coming, we heard from the prophet Jeremiah. The days are surely coming. This to me is a prayer, a plea, a longing, a promise. The Jewish people were in exile in Babylonian captivity, and they waited with the certainty that they would return to their promised Israel. As people of faith then and people of faith now, we are a people of hope, even when things appear hopeless. And this is the message of Advent and words that we need to hear today especially in light of all the words that we read about Syrian refugees, bombings in Paris, and planes being shot out of the sky. The days are surely coming when we will witness the light, when peace will reign and we'll no longer learn of war. It's into a world like this, our world, that we hear these words of Jesus as recorded in the Gospel of St. Luke. Listen for the word of God. There will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and on earth distress among the nations, confused by the roaring of the seas and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Humanity coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now, these things will begin to take place, and when they do, stand up, raise your head, because your redemption is drawing near. Then Jesus told a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourself and know that summer is drawing near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the sovereignty of God is near. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, And that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times. These words of Jesus are confusing. Especially so if we miss the message underneath them, which is, There is a truth that the human spirit at times is broken, but deeper still there is the truth of the message of hope. Today is the first Sunday of Advent, and Advent comes from the Latin word avenio, which means coming or arrival. The season reminds us that Jesus entered the world as God's presence, Emmanuel, through the human child Jesus, and through the Christ, we were pointed to another way of living. Through the Christ, it doesn't matter what's happening in the moon and the stars and the suns. It doesn't matter how distressed the nations may be. For in the Christ, in that truth, there is hope for the people of God. 
there's hope for another way to live and move and be in the world. There's a Sufi legend that goes like this. There was once a seeker that went from land to land to discover an authentic religion. Finally, the seeker found a group of extraordinary disciples. They were known for the goodness of their lives, the singleness of their heart, the sincerity of their service. I see all your faithfulness, the seeker said, and I'm impressed by it. But before I become one of your disciples, I have a question for you. Does your God work miracles? The leader of the group of disciples says, well, it all depends on how you define miracle. Some people call it a miracle when God does the will of the people. We call it a miracle when the people do the will of God. The days are surely coming when the people will do the will of God. This is the promise of Advent. This season of waiting and watching, of standing up, of raising our heads, of being alert. But for what? Is Advent simply a time of remembering what was? Yes, but that's not the end of the story. Advent is not so much about the past as it is about the present. The past, we all know, is important. For without it, the future would be empty. But without the future, the present has no meaning. I think far too many people get caught in the memory of what was. You've all heard that the worst phrase in the life of the church is we've never done it that way before. Or remember the good old days, whatever those old good days meant. We get so focused on what was, we miss what is. And the past, according to the Apostle Paul and his letter to the Christians in Corinth, was very clear. The past is finished and gone. Finished and gone. Behold, the new has come. And the new, my friends, is the responsibility that we have to do the will of God, not for God to do our will. This is what Advent's all about. Advent pushes us to look to the future, to what may be, to what can be, to what might be, to what will be. As the worship working group read through the text for this season, the themes of waiting, of witnessing, of knowing stood out. We notice various kinds of waiting. There is waiting in fear and waiting with joy, waiting with trepidation, and waiting with that sweetness, anticipating something new and delightful, as well as to prepare for that newness. There is waiting where we are certain of what we know about ourselves and what we are to do, and there's waiting where we're clueless. And all of us have been in both places. We've waited for a loved one to return home. We've waited for a birth. We've stood beside a loved one who is dying. We've waited for a proposal or for that word that we passed that test or we, enter, we got that offer to enter that new job or for a return of a loved one. Our visual focus for these next few weeks is a piece based on a piece by Mark Chagall called Knock to Noel. And it challenges us, challenges us to be aware of all the movement and the sense of the unknown that permeates this season. There's so much activity going on there, as well as on our quilt. 
We're called to live in the confidence that we will be witnesses of the light. So what's that mean for you, to be a witness, a witness to the light? Advent calls us to wait with a confidence and an assurity that we will witness the light with clear understanding or full of questions or somewhere in between. For daring to witness the light is how we find life, the life that is full, expansive, and generative. David Edwards, in a sermon to the folks at Harvard University Chapel a number of years ago, said the Christian faith is a religion of the dawn, of the morning, of the new day. And he based this by reading all the accounts of the resurrection. The Christian church, the Christian faith is one always moving forward ahead of time, ahead of where we are in the moment to where we might be, what we might be doing, who we might become. So where are you and I today regarding all this? Are we wanting to move forward or backward to what was? Do we want to run and hide and pretend that all the violence that we are aware of happening all around our world really isn't happening so we can be like an ostrich? Or are we willing to stand up and raise our heads and see how we, how you and I might participate in ushering in the kingdom of God? There is a house on Alvin Street in Toledo, Ohio, that has four, five male roommates. Four of them are American students or recent grads from the University of Toledo. And the fifth is a 22-year-old butcher from Syria named Muhammad, who barely speaks any English. Doug Walton, the spokesperson for the house, was asked by a local newspaper reporter, what prompted you to take in a Syrian refugee as a roommate? What was the motivation? My immediate response just sounds so cliche, Walton said, but I think the motive is love. We found out that Muhammad needed a place to stay, and my roommates and I said, well, we have an extra room. We can help him out. He can stay with us. Mohammed's family remains in a refugee camp in Jordan waiting for visas, but Walton and his other roommates have helped Mohammed secure a job in a Middle Eastern supermarket where he's learned enough English words to be able to be a butcher behind the counter. He is beginning a new life and working to bring the rest of his family to Ohio. The days are surely coming. This is how we witness the light. Advent, my friends, shoves us into the future to stand up, to raise our heads, and to be alert. Walton and his roommates, by simply opening their heart and their home to one in need, said yes to witnessing the light. This past June, while I was leading a pilgrimage in Paris, We went to the Saint-Denis area of Paris, which has been in the news a lot recently due to the violence in Paris. Saint-Denis is the most culturally and racially diverse in all the neighborhoods in Paris. And we took our pilgrims there because the Cathedral of Saint-Denis is the birthplace of Gothic art. 
But the reason I'm telling you the story is this. When we got out of the metro, the subway, the metro, I saw quite a few folks behind me. There was a huge crowd. This is a very congested area. A woman from the Middle East wearing a modified burqa with a child on her back, a stroller with two kids wrapped, strapped in. And she was trying to navigate three flights of stairs to the top. All of a sudden, Susan, one of our co-leaders, ran in front of her, grabbed the front of the stroller, didn't ask the woman for help, didn't confer with her if that was okay, and they walked up to the top of the plaza, where all the violence was actually, the square. As I was watching this from behind, I smiled. And I said to Susan afterwards, what a simply kind thing that was for her to do. And she said, I remember being a mother with infants. In that moment, Susan's act of kindness was a way that she was witnessing the light. Yes, there will be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, says Luke. Jeremiah foretells that the days are coming when God fulfill the people, the promise to the people of Israel, but God will fulfill the promise to the people of us, here, you and I. So what are the signs that you see around you? What are the signs that capture your attention today? We can surely look at all the things that aren't working. We can focus on fires and famine and earthquake and war and injustices. Are these the signs that we're supposed to be looking for? I don't think so. We know the situation in Iraq and Syria. We know the discontent in the Middle East and the fear now being pointed to the folks in Belgium. We know that terrorists do horrific events. And so it is a world like this where we need to hear the words of Advent calling us to a future where we wait with certainty so that we can witness the light, which is our theme this season. Friends, this is the hope of Advent. Does your God work miracles? It all depends on how you define miracle, isn't it? Some say a miracle is when God does the will of the people. But we say a miracle is when the people, we, you and me, we do the will of God. Advent is about God's hope in the future as we go about changing the present. As people of faith, we are in the process of moving into the future because we are a people of the dawn. And this is where God intends to meet us. The rub is that we, we must participate in the inbreaking of this future because it won't take place without us. Like Doug Walton and my friend Susan Shea and countless thousand others down through the centuries, this is the work and the message of Advent. So my question is, how are you, how am I, being miracles? How are we doing the will of God in the ways that we live and move, the ways we spend, the ways we open our heart or close them? How are you and I being miracles, doing the will of God as we witness the light 
waiting with certainty, being the change, transformation, and hope the world so desperately needs.